0: Welcome to the Inside Edge. Bob McElligot and Jody Shelley with you coming up on tonight's show. We're going to be joined by Blue Jackets defenseman Andrew Peake to talk about the season that he's been having, which uh, is a pretty good season. The guy that came into camp not knowing what his fate might be this year. He's done very well for himself. We'll talk with him about that in just a bit. But Jody, the Blue Jackets uh, last night lost at home to the Chicago Blackhawks. They had a chance to win back-to-back games. It's been a long time since they've been able to put together back-to-back wins. And even though they got out to the early lead in that game on another Boone Jenner goal, he's got 14 already this year, even though they got that goal, they weren't able to do anything else. Uh, They got a late goal in the game, shorthanded from Gus Nyquist, but all in all, a 4-2 loss in a game that uh, really looked like they struggled to create good offensive chances.
1: Yeah, there are a few they had, Bob, and, and, you know, you look at some of those chances, you look at the power play opportunities in the second period, that number one unit couldn't even really get set up in that first power play, and, and they just looked a little bit discombobulated. The, the couple goals that the Blackhawks had, uh, you know, the Brinkett's left all alone in front, uh, the other one, Murphy, it, it's just a, two, two of those are just blown coverage in the D zone. Um, I'm down there at ice level. I can see how hard these guys are working. Most of them are working extremely hard. And you can sense the frustration, you know, when when you work so hard to make plays and then there's a player or two that, that just doesn't have that extra gear in the battle. Uh, and then you just end up playing in your D zone or frustrated through whistles or whatever it is. So, you know, there there's, uh, there's sequences in the game where you look at that game, the Blue Jackets, and, and that's the disappointing part is that The Blue Jackets feel like they should have won that game. They feel like they gave up those opportunities and Chicago took advantage of it. Listen, DeBrinket got his 22nd and 23rd goal last night. Um, He knows how to score. So you really got to be aware where he is in the ice. And I know it's hard when you have Kane, Kays and DeBrinket out there and you're trying to lock them down. Uh, But that's just the reality of it. You know, there's a game plan and sometimes you get away with those mistakes. But in those instances, those guys made them pay. And I left the ice net last night wondering a little bit about the battle level in some situations. And I don't know if that's totally fair all the time. Uh, you know, you got players trying to get better, that Domi, Roselvic and Bemstrom line, all three of those guys are put together. And, you know, they're all watching video and working at it and trying to get better and trying to be the player that they expect to be. But, and then sometimes, you know, you get all that thinking going on and, you just kind of get lost in your mind and and it only takes a fraction of a second. So I'm not saying they're to blame, but you know, those are players that you look at that are getting such great opportunities uh, to, to, to be putting those, those, those chances. And, you know, sometimes it goes against them. So, you know, I know Gus Nyquist spoke after and he took the blame for the one coverage goal, but you know, you look at his overall game and you think, boy, hustle on pucks, block shots. I mean, there was two or three times I was watching on the bench trying to, figure out if you know if if the the burn from the block shot was going to go away and he just battles through it and and I think he's a great leader and a great uh, guy to follow on that team so a lot of positives but uh, I think the negatives last night the disappointment in 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 the coverage and and allowing Chicago to get that game I think that's where it sits uh, today with the Blue Jackets
0: and that coverage thing is not something that you just look at last night's game and go oh boy I don't know how that happened quite frankly, because you mentioned DeBrinket was pretty much alone. Connor Murphy was alone. Go back to that game in New Jersey last Thursday uh, to start the very first goal in the game, Thomas Tatar standing all alone uh, near the bottom of the slot, able to go one-on-one with the goaltender. We've seen that a lot this year, Jody. And So it's not just one guy. It's not just two guys. I mean, this is is something that has uh, continued to plague this team, and not that there's ever a good time for it, but it's always happening at the wrong time, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and I think in losses, we, we analyze and look at things. Like Patrick Laine, I don't think he registered a shot on net last night. I know he sailed one over the net in the third. I think that might have been his only attempt. And, you know, you look at those things and you wonder, and, you know, he has missed two months of, of hockey. And, and no one's going to say that. No one in the locker room is going to say that. Uh, is it an excuse? Maybe. I mean, maybe there's something there. I mean, this guy looks so good his first game back with the adrenaline and everything going. Uh, you don't do a lot of heavy battling in practice. He is a target of the other team. He's a guy that they're going to go after and get in his face, and he's got to now get conditioned enough to battle through that. Zach Wierenski, uh, he's the guy they focus on. Did he really get free last night? He tried to, but there wasn't a lot there. I mean, they're going to clog him up in the middle of the ice. So, you know, and when he gives the puck out, the player who gets it, has got to try to find him back. And, you know, big Jake Borchek was trying to funnel pucks towards the net and really... I thought there were some great moments from that line. So, you know, it doesn't matter when a loss comes. They all feel the same and you all over overanalyze. And I think wins, you get away with things, uh, you know, covers things up a little bit and everyone feels good. But I, I think that that's where Brad Larson's doing a fine job, a great job. It's because, you know, he understands that they got away with one in New Jersey, the way they played, the way Corpusalo played. Um, and, and last night, it just didn't happen
0: talking about guys that have missed a lot of time emil bemstrom also has missed a ton of time this year heck he only played his first game of the year what's it been a week week and a half ago because he was out with injury uh from the end of the preseason until then so when you're talking about line a bemstrom's kind of in the in the same situation except for the fact that he hasn't had nearly the success in the nhl that patrick line a has in his career to this point point. and, and not, it's interesting that you mentioned you know he's been playing with uh, roslovic and Domi and those two guys it's funny because some nights boy they just jump out jump out at you and you see them and and uh they are a big part of the game and then there are other nights where you're looking around and you're going where are those guys so that that trio is is very interesting to me this just the way that it is uh set up I mean there's great potential on that line but they haven't they really haven't come close to achieving it as a trio yet
1: no, I think they're working through it. And I, I think they're lucky to have the opportunity to work through it. And, you know, Max has got such a great skill set. He's a wonderful skater. He probably wants to play up in the lineup, but now he's got to earn it. And, and you know, you see him make plays, you see him dart with the puck and he's so effective off the rush when he attacks. And, and he's a guy that always looks to pass first because he is such a very good, he's a very good passer. Um Rossovic's a player, that's been working at center ice. He worked in the off season watching video. Uh, he's kind of in between right now. And that's a dangerous place to be. You know, what are you each shift? What do you bring each shift? And then Bemstrom is a player that, you know, he's getting the opportunity, Bob, as a young player. They like his skill set. They want him to work out. I uh, saw him last week or a couple of practices ago, working after practice, just on the wall of simply getting the puck and moving your feet. You really need to break down your fine details, what got you there um, when you're struggling. I think that's what these guys are doing. It's a, it's a tough spot to be in as a player because you want to do more. You want to contribute more, especially when the team loses. Uh, but you know and you understand these guys are pros. They hold themselves, themselves at such a high standard that they understand that they have to put the work in and they have to stick with the game plan. And no, then you got to play within the system, and sometimes when that gets away with, from you, and you get a goal scored on you, you go even further down in the hole. So they've got to stay up. They got to, you know, be around their teammates. They got to keep doing video. Uh, but you'd love to see them free up and see some smiles on that line. Those guys have some fun.
0: How much is this team missing Alexander Texier? And I've got a second part to that because Texier has been—he was ill, then he got put into the COVID protocol. He was arguably the hottest player for the last month prior to being taken out of the lineup how much are they missing Alexander Texier and the second part of that is how much are they missing the Robinson Corrali Texier line who earlier in the season even when things would go bad that was the one line that would come out on the ice and you knew exactly what you were going to get you knew exactly what they were going to do and there were many times they were able to grab the momentum back and turn things around just from the way they played straight ahead
1: yeah he drove that line he really did and you know, when he got moved down there, he was, he simplified his game. And as a player, much like we just talked about with Domi Roslovic and Bemstrom, when you simplify, when you, when you're able to do that, play straight ahead, not play East West, you, you find yourself and yeah, they're missing Texier. Should they be? Yes, they should. And, but I also agree that the other players need to step up in that, that category. And, and, you know, Chinnikov is on that line. Uh, he's not a guy that carries the puck, blasts out of the zone like Texier does or blasts in on the forecheck. So it's a very important dynamic on a line. I don't care what level you're at. If you've got the combination of that lockdown centerman, the speed in Robinson, and then the drive of Texier, you've got something. Every line needs to have different dynamics on it. And And I think that those holes open up when those guys are together. And I think they can be momentum shifters. And that's sometimes what this team needs. You score a goal, you got to put a line out there that's very reliable and very true to what they are, and that's what they can bring. Even when you you know you you get scored against, you need someone to go back and grab the momentum. Even if it's a shift down in the offensive zone, doesn't matter if there's a shot, it's a pushback. And I think you're right; that line does bring that that uh, valuable substance to the to the lineup.
0: Yeah, if I if I was coaching here, when that guy's available to go back into the lineup, I would reunite that line just at least for you know part of a game just to just to try to set that tone once again because i think and you were just kind of alluding to this those guys all made each other better i mean you see them play with other players and it's it's not that they're not good players but just they worked they meshed those three guys for whatever reason
1: well sean Corral, you have to give him credit i mean he learned in boston he had a very defined role when the when the d zone draw get the puck in the offensive zone. So Marshawn and Bergeron can come out and score a goal. And that was his assist. And that's where he got patted on the back from Bergeron. And, and, you know, he told Robinson, this is our goal. This is what we have to do. And when you have that such a defined focus in the D zone, instead of, Oh, I'm going to try to get the puck and do this, or hopefully this works. It's amazing that, you know, the more defined, the easier things to do or to do in life, it's like one step at a time. And, and for Texier, he was number one center and we talked about it a lot, but he gets down there on the wing. It's easier on the wing. You don't have so much responsibility. It's straight ahead. And he's such a powerful skater and he's got such a good shot and he's smart. That, you know, on the penalty kill, he's done a good job too. But the, the dynamic of that line, you're right. It's critical to understand your role so defined. And I think when you find a line like that, uh, it's a joy to play on and, and big asset to the team. So that's a really good point and something that's got to be well thought out. I think that's a, a smart move. You'd be a good coach, Bob.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But as it, I'd, I'd get tuned out quickly, probably. Um, I want to ask you one more thing about this, uh, not about that line, but about where this team is right now. You've used the word dynamic a couple of times, uh, the dynamics of this team. I want to ask you about the dynamics of the goaltending situation right now because, you know, early on, Elvis Merzlikens grabbed a hold of things here. He was a starting goalie, no question about that. And uh, Corpusalo in and out of the lineup, waiting for his turn. Now he gets his turn. You know, if you just look at the, the results, the wins and losses, it's easy to say, well, you know, he's been okay, but he's not been great. You know, he's, he's looking like his old form here now that he's gotten a chance to play a couple in a row. Now that he's getting healthy again, uh, Elvis was back on the bench last night to be the backup it's kind of weird because we've talked about them trading a goalie now for so long, it hasn't happened. It's the same two guys. And, you know, just when you think you have it figured out, then you wonder if you have it figured out when it comes to that, how do you see the goaltending situation as it stands today?
1: Well, I like Corpusalo's re-emer- reemergence because it's been a very tough start to the year for him and, and the injury in camp and all that. And, and then finally, you know, Elvis is, is, uh, is playing so well. And finally, Corposalo gets a chance to play and get some rhythm. And as an athlete, that's all you want. I don't care what position quarterback, if you're pitcher, you know, when you know you're going in and you know, you're the guy that's going to be there. Well, you can settle down a little bit. You cannot have to make that big save or, or chase the game. If you will, you know, goaltender has got to be a patient position and relying really on their structure and, and their, their form. And, and how they play the game and how they approach each situation. Now, there are scramble times, and, you know, Corpus Allo is very good at it, but he's a great goaltender. This team has two number ones. Elvis emerged as the number one this year, and, and when Corpus Allo wasn't ready, wasn't available, you know, he ran with it, and he's very good at that, and that's what you're seeing from Elvis, and that's what you're seeing from Corpus Allo when he gets in. So, remember a couple of years ago it was go, and, and, and we were so excited about both of them. Well, they both want to be the man, and right now Elvis is slotted in there, but to see Corpusalo do what he's doing, um, I don't think he's going to get the number one. Bob, I think he's he's slotted behind Elvis. They've given him the contract. They've told him he's the man. Uh, but for Corpasalo, is he playing to get out of here? Is he playing to get to another team, a team that needs a goaltender? Uh, if that's the case, you know it's it's too bad because he's such a great guy and he, he's such a wonderful goaltender. Uh, but but that's the reality of the business. So I see it as. You know, Elvis has to get healthy healthy, and hopefully Corpy gets a couple more games in here uh, because, you you know, you wish for his career that he gets to be that number one. And if it's not going to be here, maybe it's somewhere else.
0: Right. And look, from the Blue Jackets standpoint, too, the better he plays uh, because the trade value on him, you know, when he's not playing and he's injured and then when his numbers don't look good, it's very easy for another team, even though they need a goaltender to try to lowball you on that deal. Right, Uh, just because of the way that is so the better he plays the better it is not just for him but potentially the better it is for the Blue Jackets in any kind of return right
1: of course I mean of course and you know he gets in there's no run support as far as goals scored you know just different scenarios have happened for him this year so it's been a choppy start but here we are we're not even at the 35 game mark and you know you see what's happening Elvis has missed some time and he looks like he's back and, and might be ready to go does he get the start in Carolina, likely you'll see him, but you'll see Corpus Allo at some point here. And um, you're right. The value for him to go up and, and, you know, that that's just the way, the, the way it works for a trade teams are watching closely uh, to see when he is in that, to see what they, they might have uh, something, some interest in.
0: You just said something. I want to ask you before we go to the break, you just said run support. And I know that that's a terminology that is used by many hockey people, but why is that? That's a baseball term. It's, you know, the runs are in baseball, the goals are in hockey. Why, why do people say that?
1: You know, that's a really good question. I, I think it's just to try to be relatable to the baseball crowd, maybe, Bob.
0: <laughs> I think it might also go back to the days when everybody played uh, baseball in the summertime and, and played hockey in the winter, right?
1: Yeah, it's something like that. But I, you know, yeah. I, I don't know, you hear a lot in baseball. So <laughs> you get a chance to use it. Why not throw it out there?
0: I know i've always heard people say that i remember even back in the american hockey league one day i was interviewing gary agnew and he and he said run support and i thought he screwed up um (laughs) but anyway i was just curious because i know it's it's quite the canadian thing you know
1: yeah yeah well this is an american thing bob i think the run
0: support (laughs) well that is (laughs) coming up next we're going to be joined by blue jackets defenseman andrew peak as the inside edge continues here on 97.1 the fan Welcome back to the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan. I'm Bob McElligot along with Jody Shelley. And joining us right now is Blue Jackets defenseman Andrew Peek. And, Andrew, going into training camp this year, there were a lot of questions as to who might be the sixth defenseman that were going to play on a regular basis for the Blue Jackets. And for you, a guy that for the last two years has been in and out of the lineup, up and down between Cleveland of the American Hockey League and the Blue Jackets, there was a lot of wonder about, how you were going to fit in if you were going to be able to grab a spot but we know now that not only did you grab a spot then but you have solidly held on to a spot right now and part of the reason is just the way that you're playing with a very physical style of play it's almost like you came into this camp this year and decided to reinvent yourself so is it fair to say that I mean did you reinvent yourself or is this the player that you've always been
2: I think deep down, you know, when I'm playing my best hockey, it kind of looks like what I'm trying to do on the ice uh, this season so far. Um, You know, going back to juniors, going back to school, um, playing that physical style, you know, has always helped my game personally and helped the other assets that I can bring offensively, defensively, little things like that. So, you know, going into the summer, I just kind of took a look at, you know, what was up ahead um, for this coming season and tried to focus on what's going to really make me stick here.
0: Did they have a conversation with you in camp at all? I mean, did, did you talk with the team about that very thing and what you thought it would take to make you stick here, what they thought it would take to make you stick here and, and did it match up if you had that conversation, did your thoughts match up with theirs?
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, there's uh communication, you know, between management coaches, you know, myself, of you know, what I can bring to the table and uh, you know, what it's going to take to stick here in Columbus. And I just try to work really hard at that over the summer and, you know, come in with the right mindset that, you know, I'm going to have to work really hard every day and, you know, prove myself every day, every game. And um, so far, I'm still trying to do that and, you know, keep drawing.
0: And, you know, being a physical defenseman in the NHL used to be a lot different than it is today. I mean, uh, that used to be you had a hit, you had a fight all the time. Uh, now you just have to basically, uh, you got to be in people's faces, right? You, and physically take away their time and space, as the saying goes.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a little bit different, obviously, you know, back in the old days, you know, there was fighting all the time and stuff. You know, now you don't necessarily have that. I mean, fighting still exists in the game. Um, you know, there's going to be those those moments where it, it kind of just happens, whether you're defending someone or sticking up for a teammate. And, uh, you know, in today's game, you know, so many forwards are you know skilled fast and you have to find ways to use your your physical ability against that and eliminate plays kind of like what you said um, so for me, that's kind of being a prick, you know, playing with that edge in the corners and the battle battle areas in front of the net. And, you know, when the opportunity comes to, you know, lay a good, lay a good hit on someone, you know, I'm there to try and do that.
1: Ed Jovanoski someone you idolized. They called him Jovo cop out there. And, and are you
2: now the Andrew cop cop? <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that. I'll I'll leave that nickname to you guys. I, I don't self-proclaim yeah, yeah. that, but I, you
1: know, I, I think there's some great similarities. I mean, you guys, you know, he played a very straightforward game. Um, And and isn't it funny that the simpler you play, uh, the more results you get out there in that defensive zone?
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I'm not necessarily going to be, you know, Z and skating it end to end all the time. Um, But making that quick direct pass, whether that's to the center, to the winger, you know, helping advance the puck and using my feet, you know, it's going to be a big part of, you know, driving the play. Um, for me personally and you know when I find that I do that um, it tends to be successful so it's something I've really focused on and you know try to improve on um, every game.
1: Your defensive coach you're very familiar with and Steve McCarthy uh, from the minors he was there with you. How much value is there in that and how much does that just make you feel like you know what they expect exactly and you know exactly where you stand with him?
2: Yeah uh, I have a great relationship with him obviously kind of like we said the past two years you know my time in Cleveland, I worked really closely with him and, you know, for him, he, he's seen me at my best and he's seen me struggle. So he kind of knows that balance of, you know, where I can be on a given night. And, you know, for me, he's very supportive and, you know, always tried pushes me and is really honest with me with, you know, how my game is, you know, how I played a certain night. And, you know, I just really appreciate that just because of the relationship we built the past two years when, uh, when I was in Cleveland.
1: You know, what? it's nice to have a guy that knows you because, you know, you're the first one who knows when you make a mistake. And when you have a coach that always points it out, it gets old and it gets old quick. So the value of him understanding you, what he expects of you, what you expect of yourself, uh, that's important. So what have you guys worked on even since Cleveland and now this year?
2: What are some of the details that you spend your time working on? Uh, I mean, we've obviously worked on a lot of skating throughout the years, you know using my feet is is a big part of what drives me as a player, whether that's, like I said, playing physical or, you know, advancing the puck, using my feet at the blue line. Um, so we've worked a lot on that. And then just little things like, you know, puck touches, whether that's on the breakout, you know, slip plays to the middle, little things like that where, you know, you go on the ice early or you stay late after practice where you could just work on scenarios that will apply to a game and, you know, you just have to try them in the game and, you know, you might make a mistake here and there, but, that kind of goes back to the, the relationship I have with him. You know, if he sees that, you know, I'm trying to make a certain play and, and it's the right play and it doesn't necessarily work out. It's, it's not going to be the end of the world. And, you know, he encourages you to try it again because, you know, that's going to be the right play uh, if you get it right, so. Those things take confidence. And
1: another thing that takes confidence is fighting. And that's something that you're very aware of. If you're going to be hard to play against, sometimes you got to drop the gloves and you've done that a couple of times. Is that something you're working at? I know you've had conversations. I know Jared Bowles talked to you about it. Um, it's not easy
2: to do, but you're willing, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, kind of what the, the style I play, um, you know, that hard nose, it's, it's going to draw a fight, you know, here and there. And, uh, yeah, no, a couple, few days ago, I worked with Bowler about 10 minutes out to practice on some stuff and just some techniques and, you know, strategy to it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not like you're fighting in practice every day or, anything Uh, like that so it's kind of just you know when it comes it comes and you're just gonna have to learn from each one
0: how does that uh technique change jody i mean as as we talked about earlier there's not fighting every single time now but when you get a guy like a jared bull to draw off of um you know and jody i'll ask you this from being between the benches that you see it where like those old tactics that you guys use can you surprise guys with that these days because there isn't as much fighting as there was once upon a time
1: I think it's so valuable. I think a guy that does it, everyone's on notice of you all the time, even if you do it twice a year. Um, yes, the tactics are the same, but I always tell, and I told Andrew this, protect yourself first. And if you have, if you feel confident enough, get the first one in hard and then get yourself, your balance with him with that grab and then go from there. And that's kind of probably what Bowler was talking about, was he?
2: Yeah, his biggest thing was, you know, when it happens, it happens so quick and to stay calm and, you know, set the standard, your, your base grip of, you know, where you want to start, whether, you know, you, you can latch on good right away and start throwing or uh, you know, it's kind of off balance. So you get in there tight, you grab them and you don't, you don't let him throw. So um, it's kind of just a feel thing on the ice and, you know, you kind of feel where you're, where you're at once it starts. So just go from there. Let
0: me ask you this, Andrew, because back in Jody's day, a lot of guys, they, you didn't wear the shield. They didn't wear the half shield. And, and a lot of guys also just got rid of the helmets right away. So uh, when you were swinging, you were just, you know, hitting his head. You weren't impacting the helmet. You didn't have to to miss the shield. How much does that, as you just said, it happens so fast. And when you're swinging, I mean, you don't want to break your hand or injure yourself because you're hitting that. How do you, how do you measure all that up while that's going on so quickly?
2: I mean, honestly, kind of like what I said, it, it, you don't necessarily think too much. And I think that's, you know, a big piece of advice Bowler gave me is, you know, you, you do have time to think in that moment. I mean, it is a fight on the ice and yeah, it does happen fast, but you do have that, you know, those seconds to, you know, calm yourself and, and get yourself together and focus on, you know, how you want to approach it. So um, it's a big piece of advice and just whenever it happens next, put it to use.
0: Now that you've gone through all that practice, I mean, you're looking for the next one. Do you say, look, I, I got to, I've worked on this stuff. Now I got to put it into play. <laughs>
2: Uh, we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see what happens
0: (laughs) maybe an extra jab to somebody in the corner just in case you know In case you get to work on it hey I want to ask you you had said um you know you're not like Zach Wierenski where you're necessarily going to go end to end but I'll tell you this you are like him in this way when they get the puck to you on the blue line you're not afraid to shoot that puck toward the net and uh that seems like something that you really concentrate on doing I know your job when it comes to the offensive part of the game is to get it to the net you don't hesitate in trying to do that
2: no, I mean, as a defenseman, when, when I feel that I'm net front battling against the forward and the opposing team's firing pucks, you know, on net from the point, it's a tough play because, you know, the puck can bounce anywhere. And, you know, whether it goes to the corner, you know, the forward has an opportunity to get to it first. So, you know, for me, I try to look at it the opposite side when I'm at the offense blue line and I have a lane to shoot. I try to get it there if we have net front. And, you know, anything can happen when the puck's bouncing around. It tends to find the forward stick. Um, back door or wherever it goes so I've just tried to look at it both ways and see how it could benefit myself and the team
0: how much do you think you've taken advantage of uh, opportunities here when it comes to like I mentioned coming out of camp we wondered who are the six guys going to be okay you solidify that then it's about pairings and it's really about ice time and as it's gone on there have been different guys that have been then been, been out of the lineup for different reasons and you've kind of shifted around you played with different partners you've done different things but it looks like you're kind of settling in now, maybe in a top four role. And, uh, you know, was that important to you as you see those opportunities opening, how much are you trying to jump on that and prove to the coaching staff that, yeah, I'm a guy you can give more minutes to. I'm responsible. Uh, I'm not going to hurt you here. I'm going to benefit the team. The more you have me on the ice.
2: Yeah. I think a big thing for me is just that consistency on a nightly basis. And, you know, the coaches, my teammates, you know, myself understanding what I'm going to bring every night and, uh, If I can do that, you know, I think it helps the team and it helps myself grow as as an individual and as a player um, throughout the course of the season. So for me, I I just try to bring that consistent, you know, battle level every single night. And, you know, whether my ice time grows or, you know, stays the same, I'm just going to keep focusing on that and and good things will come from there.
1: We're talking with Andrew Peek, defenseman of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And Andrew, I want to ask you, who's the hardest forward to go against on
2: your team in practice? um well me and curls have had some some pretty good battles um when we do some two-on-two and one-on-one drills down low we like to get into it with each other um you could probably ask him about it it's, it's fun um he's a tough one just because the way you know he's built he's a strong forward he, he likes to protect the puck and then you know you go to a guy like jake borachek who's understands so well of body position and you know if you're on his left hip he's going to spin off the other way and, you know, there's tactics to that and strategy, of you know, how to defend a guy like that, where he's, you know, waiting for you to make the first move. So um, each guy kind of brings their different, you know, strategies and impacts, you know, in a battle drill like that or a practice uh, scenario. So um, those two guys are, are unique in that way. And I like going against up against them.
1: I'm going to ask specifically about Gus Nyquist, because I thought he had a really good game last night. He seems to never give up on pucks and he's got some kind of veteran way about him that in the battle it seems like you're going to exit with the puck and then the next thing he's back under your hands am i seeing that right
2: yeah he's he's relentless on the puck you know if he loses it he gets it back um you know someone else has it you know he's battling you know to find the next play even when he doesn't have the puck yet and and one thing I love, you know, watching about him is, is when he has the puck, he's so poised with it and it, it almost seems like he has all the time in the world when he has the puck and, you know, it, it's pretty cool to watch just because it seems like the game's obviously so fast and and he's able to, you know, slow it down in his own game and slow it down for the guys on the ice. So I love watching him and such hard work and such a good guy.
1: It's good to go against these guys in practice too, right? Because you can watch video and you can see scenarios happen in the game after they've happened, well, you know, on the video. But in practice, when you're preparing for those different things, as you said, Voracek, those guys that use your your strength, they act, somehow they use their strength and their body position to get more power. And, and it's like, okay, I, I can't go after this guy. I can't push this guy because the next thing is going to be eight feet away from me. That's uh, That's pretty valuable in practice for you too, isn't it?
2: Definitely. You know, I, I enjoy, you know, those one-on-one, two-on-twos, and we've been doing them um, uh, a decent amount here. You know, Lars put a big emphasis on that and, and as a, on the defensive side, winning those battles and then on the offensive side, you know, creating that separation and finding a way to get to the net and get a scoring chance. Um, so for me, you know, there's, you know, I do want to play physical, but there's a line of, you know, over committing or how to approach a certain player in terms of, you know, playing the block playing the body and closing the play down. So, Um, Yeah, there's something new you learn every day. And, you know, you're just trying to apply that to the game. So it's been really good.
1: I want to ask you too. the schedule. Everyone's been talking about their schedule. It's been so hard. There's been so many games. But I think of a guy like you, you know, you come into the season, you're in a spot. You want the games to keep coming, don't you? I mean, is there any time in this schedule you probably did have times where you're like, oh, you know, a break would be good but isn't it valuable to get right back on the horse and get right back out there? Don't you think that's helped you find this rhythm that we're noticing with you?
2: Definitely. You know, obviously as anyone, I think would say, you know, you love playing hockey, you love the game atmosphere. It just brings that adrenaline out of you. But uh, for someone like me, yeah, you know, playing every other day or however many, four times a week, you know, playing as many games as you can, it's, it's going to help you and, you know, build that confidence and gain that experience um, on a nightly basis. So For me, I've really enjoyed that, and you know, it's probably the most games in a row. You know, in a time period that I've played in in a while, but I've really enjoyed it, and I think it's helped grow my game.
0: Tonight, we're talking with Blue Jackets defenseman Andrew Peak. We've got more coming up as the Inside Edge continues on ninety-seven point one, The Fan. This is the Inside Edge. We're joined by Blue Jackets defenseman Andrew Peek right now. We've done a whole bunch of serious hockey talk here. Let's lighten it up a little bit because the Blue Jackets are going to Carolina to play tomorrow. And then it is on to South Florida to take on the Florida Panthers on Saturday. And Andrew, that means for you, you're on your way home to go back to Florida and get a chance to play against the Panthers. Um, You know, once upon a time, a kid coming from that area and playing in the national hockey league would have been almost unheard of. I mean, it's a football hotbed, obviously, uh, you know, Florida, a lot of football players come out of there, but at what point in your life did you realize that you were in love with the game of hockey and it's something that you wanted to do and, and, uh, and maybe live the dream that you're living right now?
2: Um, I, I always loved hockey uh, from a young age. I think my first Panther game, I was six months old with my dad. My parents are from Michigan are from Michigan and New York. So they, you know, loved hockey and it was super convenient that the Panthers, you know, were only 15 minutes away from my house. Um, So I've loved hockey since a young age and kind of like what you said, I played baseball and hockey growing up and, you know, baseball is such a, such a big sport down in Florida and hockey isn't, but uh, I always just had that love for hockey, you know, that, that adrenaline rush you get from it. And um, obviously things have, have worked out pretty decently, but um, yeah, it's really cool to see hockey grow down in Florida. It's so unique. And, you know, anytime you see new players coming out of Florida playing hockey, it's pretty special.
0: What, uh, what position did you play in baseball?
2: Uh, I was kind of a unique player. I played, I pretty much played everything. Uh, catcher when we had our fast pitcher thrown because I played hockey and knew I was willing to, you know, block the ball. But, uh, yeah, my dad was the coach, so he kind of just utilized me, you know, where each game needed.
0: Yeah. I, I've been there. I've been that coach. Here's what you're going to do today. you <laughs> need you to yeah, do this. Right? So even though you were a catcher, you never had any, uh, any thoughts about being a goalie when it came to hockey?
2: No, no goalie. That, that would
0: probably get rid of those thoughts to be honest with you. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> when, uh, but when you started playing, when, when did you realize that, uh, the defense position might be the one for you?
2: I played defense, you know, since I can remember playing hockey, uh, I remember my dad just always loving, you know, the defense position of hockey and, and appreciating it so much of what it brings to a team and what it brings to the game. And uh, I think ever since I started travel when I was six or seven years old, I was just immediately, you know, playing defense and just obviously stuck with it. Never, never switched and uh, never plan on switching. So, uh,
0: that's yeah, of, that's kind of funny because so many kids and Jody, I know you can attest to this because you're coaching right now so many kids you tell them they're going to play defense they're like ah they want to play forward they want to score goals they're not I shouldn't say not willing but nobody seems to be excited about going to the blue line and you went there right away day one
2: yeah yeah uh, I take credit to my dad for that um you know he he pushed the defense position on me and just kind of tried to tell me at a young age you know how cool it was and you know I was, I was pretty much like every other kid it's like I want to score goals I want to I want to be the guy, but, you know, playing defense has such an important role uh, in a game and a team. And uh, I just kind of took that to heart and stuck with it. Well, you're smart because you get more ice time back there.
1: And and, uh, (laughs) I know your coach was Jacob Chickering's dad who played in the National Hockey League. And talk about that relationship because that was a big part. I mean, down in Florida to have an NHL dad uh, be able to be your coach. And now I think Jake's one of your best friends. Uh, Pretty unique, huh?
2: Yeah, it's really cool. Um, You know, at that time, we actually had Riley Stillman, who played last night in Chicago. He was on our travel team growing up uh, because his dad was on Florida. So his dad would help out. And just having players that, you know, Jeff Checker and Corey Stillman, you know, currently help out um, with our team, you know, it it helped me a lot grow and, you know, kind of see at a young age, you know, what it take, what it takes, you know, that drive, that work ethic. And, you know, playing with someone like Jake, who's obviously... Really good player in this league um, at a young age and building that relationship. It's been really cool.
1: Yeah, and Jeff uh, and Corey, two great guys. I mean, those guys um, off the ice, just a great demeanor. So probably a perfect fit down there in Florida. There's been a number of kids come out of Florida now, hasn't there?
2: Yeah, it's it's grown tremendously. Uh, my best friend, Brandon Duhame, you know, he's playing for Minnesota right now. Uh, we grew up together to work out every summer. Um, guy like Chase Prisky made his debut for the Panthers, a hometown kid this year. So seeing stories like that and, and see the game grow, it, it's really cool. And, you know, every time I go back home over summer, I just see that, you know, the rink has more and more players each year. And for someone like me who is, you know, there at a young age and has grown to what I am now, it, it's really cool to see and look back on. Were all four of you guys on the same team with Stillman and them? Uh, no, it was me, Stillman, and Chickering and then Hames a year older and Prisky is as well. So they were uh, up a year. So five within a year birth year, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's great. Now, would you guys do rollerblades in the off season and things like that?
2: Yeah, we, we'd rollerblade. You know, we would shoot pucks on tennis courts, all that type of stuff, you know, try and find a way to stay outside and not stay inside. And um, obviously ice time isn't necessarily as easy as it is up north to, to get in Florida, but, uh, you you find ways to still play hockey. And there was so much, you know, outdoor activity that we did. And it was awesome.
1: How did you end up getting to Notre Dame?
2: Uh, So I was back at prep school uh, in Connecticut. And one of my coaches uh, selects Academy at South Kent. So I was there. And one of my uh, coaches at the time, you know, just kind of mentioned to me randomly, you know, Notre Dame's interested in you. and. That's kind of one of those schools that immediately once you hear something like that it's you know it's it's a huge thing and Notre Dame was always one of my dream schools as a kid I mean you see them on tv playing football and all that um and then I took a visit there when I was looking at other schools as well and the second I stepped on campus I was it's it was one of those feelings it was like I'm I'm going here and I knew it right away and you know after talking with the coaches and you know seeing the rink and everything it was was almost an opportunity that I couldn't pass on and it was where my heart wanted to be
0: that is a great rink right there too and I mean it's right in the same complex where the baseball stadium and and the football stadium is there and it's uh it's really you know it's one of those places I agree with you I I went in there during the summertime we were there for a baseball tournament we walked in there and there was a team practicing and it it just kind of has that it has an aura and it has a feel about it doesn't it
2: oh 100 I mean I don't think You know you watch from you know as a fan of the football or the hockey and you're like wow this is this is one of those schools but when you're actually living it on a day-to-day basis and a part of the athletics you know programs at at Notre Dame you you feel that aura you feel that you know daily grind of you know this is what it's like to be a pro this is what it's like to be a Notre Dame student-athlete and I mean I, I loved it there the school was awesome you know academics was a huge part of you know what I wanted to do as well, and you know I was able to get my degree there finally, and um, it was something I wasn't gonna not do. And you know it's such an awesome school; it's you don't understand it unless you go there, see it for yourself. So it's it's pretty cool.
0: What uh, what's your degree in? Uh,
2: business management consulting.
0: That's perfect because I yeah. you know sometimes a lot of people get degrees and then they do stuff like you, and they're never gonna use that in their life but you're gonna right. you're gonna use that
2: experience your
0: entire life aren't you? yeah
2: yeah definitely
0: <laughs> no question uh how much did that college experience like you know the whole thing you were just talking about how great it was for you but once you moved into the pro ranks the game is different the practices are different all that stuff but um could you tell early on that that was a really good path for you to take to prepare yourself
2: for where you are right now yeah definitely uh i always wanted to go to college as a kid um But, you know, when hockey, you know, presented itself as an opportunity, I thought it would be the best of both worlds. Um, But for me, I I found that I could get strong. I I could, you know, really use that practice time to improve my game. And then each game, you know, had that magnitude of it being, you know, almost like a playoff type of game every single time of the year. And uh, I thought that really transformed my game and, you know, helped me develop in a big way and get me ready for that pro rank where in college you're playing against you know older guys at a when I was 18 I was playing against 24 year olds so you know you learn kind of like what I'm doing now um you're learning how to defend you're learning how to do certain things that you wouldn't necessarily have in other leagues um so I really appreciated that last one
1: for me Andrew is you're playing with uh Zach Warenski out there you know you see him on the ice and we marvel at him because he never seems to get tired he always has his head up and as a defenseman, there's a lot going out on out there. There's a lot of different positions you got to be in. There's different scenarios every single second. Are you amazed at what he can do on the ice and what he does in practice?
2: Yeah, I mean he's obviously one of the best defensemen in the league. So for me, I, I just try and you know watch what he does, you know where he makes certain plays, you know where the pass goes, and kind of watch for myself, you know, okay, that's that's going to be open, and you know there's certain plays that that he makes that you know obviously makes him one of the better defensemen in the league. But, you know, for me, it's like, okay, I can do that or I'm going to look here next shift and and little things like that where you just pick up on. So um, for me, you know, I I appreciate watching him every day and watching each shift, watching each practice. So it just helps me and my game grow as well. So it's cool to have him back there. Yeah, he makes everything look so easy. So,
1: I mean, those are the guys you sit there and think, really? I mean, nothing seems to bother him. And I think I always envy that because he makes a mistake or something doesn't work out. doesn't really it doesn't bother me just gets ready for the next shift
2: right and I think that's what you know makes him so good it's you know it's it's a game of mistakes there's going to be a mistake you know maybe once a shift or you know once a period or something like that and you know finding your ability to come back from that and you know you make the mistake and you come back that next shift and you know you have your best shift of the game so far and you know you watch someone like Z do that consistently you know it just helps yourself you're like okay that's if he can do it, you know, I can do it. And it's, it's something that I've really tried to apply to myself. And um, it's been helpful.
0: One last thing, Andrew, uh, you're playing the Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow. You've had some frustrating games against them already this year, both of them in your building and, and the last one on New Year's Day, obviously really frustrating. You're up four to nothing and and they come back and beat you. They're a really good team. There's no doubt about it. They've been building for years so that they could make a, a deep run in Stanley Cup playoffs. But Going into this game, what things have you learned about them and the way they operate, and how can you make sure you finally get uh, the tables turned on this team?
2: Yeah, obviously they're, they're a pretty good team in this league. Um, you know, they're fast, they're aggressive, you know, like they play hard, they come at you. Um, but I think a reason we went up 4-0 in that game was, you know, we made them pay for their aggression. We made them pay for them playing too fast almost to where if we could do that and, you know, sustain that throughout the game, um, the game will, you know, work in our favor. And uh, I think that was a big piece of why we went up 4-0. And no, it wasn't necessarily a pretty game. And we obviously would like to keep the lead, but, um, you know, we can use their aggression against them. And I think that's going to be a big uh, key for us uh, tomorrow night.
0: Andrew, thank you so much. We really appreciate you giving us uh, your time today to have this talk. Uh, it's been fun to watch you play so far this year. And best of luck as we hit the road here for Carolina and Florida this weekend.
2: Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.
0: That is Blue Jackets defenseman Andrew Peek. We'll be back to wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge right after this on 97.1 The Fan. here to wrap up this week's edition of the inside edge blue jackets in carolina tomorrow night to take on the hurricanes by the way that game is on espn plus not on valley sports ohio which means jody shelley is going to join me for the radio broadcast and you will be able to hear that on 105.7 fm in columbus of course you can find it all along the blue jackets radio network you can find it on the Blue Jackets app and at bluejackets.com. So a, a, a rare night for you. You just get to uh, paint the picture in the mind tomorrow.
1: Yeah. You know what? I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, it is a national game. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but uh, I'm going to go with you. And, and I'm looking forward to that game, see it live and radio, you know, it, it it's enjoyable. So we always have fun together, Bob. So that'll be uh, great to be next to you. Maybe you'll let me say a few words here. I know you used to working by yourself. So I was just
0: going to tell you, you need to remind <laughs>
1: me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it like that, but okay. Uh, yeah. You know what? It should be fun. We're going to travel to, we, you know, and, and get down there and, and get ready to see that game. And hopefully the Blue Jackets uh, can return the favor to the Carolina Hurricanes. But we'll have all the action. I think that's on 105.7, right?
0: That's correct. That's absolutely right. So that's where you can find us tomorrow night for that game. And then it'll be on to Florida for a Saturday night game. Um, Jody, a couple of things in the National Hockey League. Last night, Evgeny Malkin played his first game of the year. It's hard to believe to me because I know we haven't paid much attention really to the Pittsburgh Penguins. We haven't seen them this year. They're coming up on the schedule very soon here. And we'll get a steady diet of them the rest of the way. But um, Malkin plays his first game out in anaheim gets a couple of goals immediately upon coming back into the lineup and oh by the way as we haven't seen the penguins they've just been winning a whole bunch of games i know a couple of weeks ago we touched on them and i still i look at them and i say how do they do it how do they continue to do it with the the names that they have but the names that don't change crosby Latang. Now Malkin, who is back in the lineup. Uh, Jeff Carter is there now. That's a, that's a good offensive punch. I know Blue Jackets fans don't like his name, but it's just true. And, and Evan Rodriguez has really – I mean, this guy bouncing around a little bit up in Buffalo, in Buffalo, left Buffalo, I think went back to Buffalo, and now he's in Pittsburgh. And um, they just find a way to make it work.
1: Bob, they'd won 10, of, 10 in a row. And then they, they lost the other night to Dallas. But last night with Malkin back, they go into Anaheim, and they – get the win again. And Malcolm with two goals and assists. I mean, it's incredible. You know, Sidney Crosby was out forever. And then you've had those players step up. So they figured out their goaltending. Jari's done a good job there. Uh, their D is still really good. Latang has been healthy this year. And then, yeah, like you said, they just won't go away. And the give have getting Malcolm back uh, with such an impact. It's incredible. It's, it's a team to learn from, you know, adding those, those veteran pieces, guys who have won Stanley cups, uh, like Carter Uh, And then Rodriguez is a player that played with uh, Eichel in in college and didn't work out in Buffalo, but boy, is it working out in Pittsburgh for him? He's on fire. So yeah, unfortunately uh, the Metropolitan division is it's looking really good. The Rangers are good. The capitals are good. Uh, The Carolina hurricanes are, are the elite of the Metro and one of the top in the league, but Pittsburgh finds himself in a wild card spot, not too far back from the top. So, they're, uh, they're not going away uh, too quick here, Bob.
0: No, they're not going away. But I, I said this during the summertime, and especially after the draft, once we saw what the Blue Jackets did, and and we knew, you know, even though this this year started off so great, we knew that it was really the plan is kind of take a step back that takes two steps forward. And really when it comes to them, and, and you know, you get sick of them after a while, quite frankly, the Penguins, <laughs> because they don't go away. But the, the the way I look at it is, and I wonder if you agree with me on this, as the Blue Jackets retool here and they bring these new players in, uh, to me the the formula is you got to make sure that you're ascending once the Crosby era comes to an end. Because say whatever you want, when that guy's done playing, they're rebuilding. I, I don't care who they have on their team.
1: Yeah, I mean they haven't had many draft picks over the past decade and a bit. Now that crosby he's been there. So. No, they
0: haven't had many above the third round either. Right?
1: Yeah. So, you know, they're all in and and now they've got new management there. Brian Burke is, is there. Um, and, and he's, he's, you know, got that intensity about him. and then you've got Ron Hextall running things. So interesting, uh, dynamic, but they haven't done much. And, and they're probably smart to, to hold and, and wait with that.
0: So, uh, the schedule is something that we're waiting for. And I don't know what day it's going to come out, but you know, here we are now uh, on the 12th day of January and the schedule runs out basically at the end of January, the all-star weekend is the first weekend in February, but there are three empty weeks there that are going to get filled. And it's going to be really interesting to see how the league is going to uh, get these games in. And again, they had another game. Carolina was supposed to play Philly tonight and, or, uh, or was that last night? Whatever. Uh, they postponed that game, so uh, you know there's another game. I, I just I find it hard to believe they're going to be able to jam all these games into that three week period.
1: Well, they're going to do it, and they don't want to extend the season, so it's going to be one of those things that you, you're right. Two games were postponed last night. Calgary was postponed, and Philadelphia hosting the Hurricanes and they're going to have to do it. We're going to see a lot of hockey and, you know, Andrew Peak. that was a great interview and, and he's a young player that just wants to play hockey. So as much as we think, you know, the rigors, and he probably, he probably feels it too, but you're, you know, when you're able to just get back out there and play another game, you get that, you, you get uh, the bounce in your step. So 50, uh, 50 games in a hundred nights It might sound a little busy, Bob, but keep your suitcase packed and keep that microphone and those pipes, keep them clear because you're going to be one busy man. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, I guess, you know, if you go back to our days in uh, the American Hockey League, it was always three games in three days. So uh, still not doing that.
1: No, exactly. So, so consider yourself lucky. That's not happening. Those Sunday afternoon games, ooh, they were tough.
0: The Sunday afternoon games after the Friday night, Saturday night. and Many times the Sunday afternoon game was a road game somewhere. So you had to travel after the Saturday night game. Sleep for, I don't know, did we even sleep? No, 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 no sleep. You, you guys would sit in the back and play cards. and Yeah get to the hotel and take maybe a brief nap and have breakfast and go right to the rink <laughs> it's it what wild. they call what they call the good old days isn't it Joe? yeah we'd
1: stop at uh, we'd stop at the uh, gas station and grab a sub and <laughs> and
0: uh, whatever else we could get our hands on and, and just
1: kind of get ready for the next day
0: yeah those days some days they seem so far away but uh, i think you're right once we're going here 50 games in 100 days or whatever it'll it'll feel similar it's not going to be the same it'll still be it'll be a plane instead of a bus, but it'll feel yeah. similar. No, it'll right? be
1: fine. It'll be good. This team, uh, we're, we got a fun team to, to follow. So that, that, that'll make it, uh, it
0: always makes it enjoyable. I do agree with that by the way. And let's, uh, let's wrap up by just touching on that for a second here, because it, you know, th- again, it was such a great start and there was such great optimism and, and now this team is kind of settling into probably where it should be right now is, is they're looking to gain experience and, and all of that stuff. But, uh, that doesn't take away from the individuals that make up this team. They still care about each other. They're still a fun group. I mean, it just you know when you're losing, it stinks, and and you overlook all the good things. But you know, in the big picture, uh, I think they got the right people here.
1: Well, here's what losing when you when you have an effort where you know you should have won or given yourself a better chance that you know that's hard to take as an athlete, as a coach, and as a team because. You prepare, you understand, and you go out there and, you know, it's blown coverage or turnovers, whatever it is. So those ones hurt. But, no, these guys have great people here. And, and the balance of Brad Larson now – and those guys in the room want to win every game. Everybody wants to win every game. And they're, they're here to win every game. But there's situations with 18-year-old Sillinger where he's off the power play because he's not going to play five-on-five power play and penalty kill. Challenge him on the penalty kill. See what he can do there. This is a guy that at 18 years old uh, contributes to the game each night. He's going to be here for a long time. He's going to be a centerpiece of this team when they win championships. And these are the details and the moments that you can challenge him. Boquist, the same thing. You know what? You're going to get goals, but hey, we're going to work on your D zone because to be a complete player and to play in the third round and game four in a critical game, you need to have the skin on them. Love that term, John Totorella term. You know, you got to get it. So now there's the future in the back of your mind, but game night, puck on the ice situational, it's reacting to what's asked of you. It's being a part of the plan in place so that the strategy every night is put in place that you give your chance, your team a chance to win, which is all they want to do. You get great goaltending, you get a couple power play goals, you kill some penalties, and then you stick within your system. You have a chance to win every night. So the, yes, the great people in the locker room, But development is underway, and that's not to say that they're not heading to Carolina uh, tomorrow night to get two points.
0: Once again, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock game. Jody and I will be on the call on the Blue Jackets radio network and uh, in Columbus because there's Ohio State Buckeyes basketball here on the fan tomorrow. You can catch that game on 105.7 FM. We will have it for you. The Blue Jackets and the Hurricanes as the Blue Jackets try to get their first win of the season against Carolina. Thanks to Andrew Peek for joining us tonight. As our guest on the Inside Edge, that's going to wrap things up. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long, and thanks for listening to 97.1 The Fan.